The Zayar on this week's parasha tells us a story that reminds us how each of us has a unique spiritual path that we're supposed to follow and how there are some opportunities to transcend our own path, as we'll see with Rabbi Yoisi and Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai. In Zayar for 90, the parasha read it sailed. As Eimol, the Zayar this week's parasha tells us once, when the Chavrai from Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai zayin by him given that Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai had his colleagues or his students with him. In Yonim from Seder Satera, they were discussing the secrets of the Torah. So Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai noticed that Rabbi Yoisi was thinking about contemplating issues of this world. Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai says to Rabbi Yoisi, Yoisi, come, Yoisi, get up. Ashlim di yuknoch, let me help you complete your profile. The os chad choserbach, because you're missing a letter of your name. In other words, Rashbiod gezen, as mitzadem, as Rabbi Yosi, at Mahari given bimile de alma. Rabbi Shimba Yochai discerned that the fact that Rabbi Yosi was caught up thinking about things of this world is given a chasorin inside the yukon. It somehow undermined or weakened his spiritual profile. And Ein Ois, when I know in Chaserbach, one of the letter of his name, the commentaries point out the letter Yud at, uh, of the name Rabbi Yossi, was, was missing. So then, uh, as a result of that, come Rabbi Yossi, so Rabbi Yossi got up, and he got passionately and joyously involved in learning Torah. He stuck up at Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Shimon looked at him, and Amalei said to him, Rabbi Yossi, hashta an shalim. Now you are whole, you're complete. And your profile, your image is also complete. And then Rabbi Shimon went into a Torah analyzing the spiritual meaning behind the tzitz. It's a strange story. In context, the story doesn't seem to make any sense because we can sign. How is it possible? We're not talking about you and I and people with ADHD. We're talking about Rabbi Yossi. He's one of the greatest of, the, of all of the Tanoim. And where is he at this time? He is with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi and all these great, very powerful tzaddikim. And they're talking about the secrets of Torah. So that, that Rabbi Yossi, at that time, is going to be distracted by issues of this world, which to you and I sounds like, did I pay my bills? Or what's the weather going to be? And even if we can somehow justify that Rabbi Yossi's focus at that point on issues of this world is it wasn't like us thinking about the weather or what's on our shopping list, but rather was aligned with the values of Torah. In fact, it's so justified according to Torah that it was actually appropriate to pause from listening to the teachings of the secrets of Torah and actually think about the these issues, if that's the case, is then the question goes the other way. Why would that then result in Rabbi Yossi missing a letter out of his name, which sounds like it's a, a negative thing. So either it's strange behavior from such a great person in such a great context, or it's appropriate behavior, in, in, in which case it's strange that he had any negative impact. We'll explain it. Based on something that the Rebbe's father points out in his commentary on the Zoyar. We'll get into the details of that in, in just a moment. Before we get there, let's just understand who Rabbi Yossi is and how he's a little different to some of the other Chevrai Kadisha of Rabbi Shem Yes, Rabbi Yossi was a member of this unique group of people who were Rabbi Shem and his colleagues and students. 
These are people who are totally engaged, fully, 24-7, 365, and learning Torah without interruption. Rabbi Yossi was not consistently only engaged in Torah learning to exclusion of everything else. And he wasn't exactly like his colleagues who never stopped learning Torah to take care of issues of this world. Rabbi Yossi had a different perspective or different role. In fact, like the Gemara tells us, that he was a tanner who used to work with skins. In other words, he wasn't completely devoid of involvement in this world. And more importantly, we discover that Rabbi Yossi was very dedicated to dealing with communal matters. Like, for example, the Gemara Sanhedrin tells us about various uh, enactments or... or uh, um, decrees that he brought into play in Sipori to protect people, actually, to protect women in vulnerable situations, etc. So he was, he was there looking out for communal issues. In other words, and we could then say, as the Mille de Alma, that the so called worldly matters, which Abiyosi is now thinking about, what's on, on, for lunch tomorrow, or, or what's the weather going to be like, he was thinking about issues that faced that, that there were issues for the community. And that would explain why he paused in the middle of very deep, profound Torah learning to think about these things because communal matters actually override personal Torah study. And that would also explain and that would explain how he's doing something which is appropriate and at the same time losing something in his own spiritual makeup, a letter from his name. Because the fact that communal matters override personal Torah study is because of the importance and to the benefit of the community. The community will benefit from me suspending my Torah learning to do something for them. But me, the person who, or in this case, who is getting involved in those communal activities, it's possible that it could have a negative impact on him. As the expression goes, that when you give people communal responsibilities, it could even, you know, so to speak, weaken them or, you know, remove negative. Uh, okay, negative doesn't talk about a reader, but it can, can exhaust a person. So, yes, it's valuable to the community that the person pauses from their learning in order to do what the community needs, but they're going to pay a price for it. And the best example of that is that we find with Mordechai, something the Rebbe discussed elsewhere, after the Purim miracle, he remains a senior member of Achashverosh's cabinet. So it's described as he gave up Torah learning, which was his primary occupation, and instead took on communal responsibilities. And that was his given for the benefit of the Jewish people in the long run. Versus which as we've just mentioned, if you take on communal responsibility, it does override Torah learning. Yet the Gemara tells us that he went down a notch in terms of his importance with regards to the other sages. You see the Psukim where he's listed vis-a-vis the other Tzadikim or Chachamim. He actually gets demoted by a level because now he's involved in communal affairs. Because he 
yes, he's helping the community, but he's losing the value that you get from being completely invested in Torah. So Rabbi Yossi is doing the right thing by prioritizing the community over his personal learning, and at the same time is feeling some kind of a demotion because of it, because that's what happens. Now, with that introduction, let's look at the Rebbe's father's interpretation of the story, which gives us much greater insight. The Hezbeh Zeich Ginuman from Bir Fontaten, so that explanation is linked to or derived from the, the, the Rebbe's father's explanation in Zanahoris of Zoya and his commentary on the Zoya of Dem Sipur, specifically when he comments on this story. That when Rabbi Yossi contemplated issues of this world, there's no way, God forbid, that he was thinking about meaningless thoughts. Rather, he was engaged with what we call Amal Sicha, which is a very big deal. What is Amal Sicha? There's a Sicha of the Rebbe and Parshish Lechlecha, Chedek Tezvav, in Ambir Maim Chazal, commenting on what our Chazal tells us, that the reason people were born was in order to work hard. So then the Gemara asks on that Pasuk, I don't know, what does work hard mean? Does it mean you've got to work hard? Does it mean you have to work on your speech? Does it have to mean you have to work on Torah? And they conclude, They conclude that the ultimate state of a human being for which we were created is to toil in Torah learning. Says the Rebbe, The fact that Torah, which is absolute truth, even in its suggested ideas, suggests the possibility that maybe we were created in order to do the toil of speech, is movenastosis and avoidanalis implies that the work of speech is a very elevated kind of work. And then the Sikha the Rebbe speaks about how it relates to davening. And therefore, even when you arrive at the conclusion that the ultimate purpose for which humans were created is to toil in Torah, that doesn't mean that there's no value or we completely exclude the value of the work that one does with Sicha. It's just not the highest point that a person could reach. So the Rebbe's father says this so-called Mili Alma that Rabbi Yossi is thinking about is what we call elsewhere Amal Sicha. In fact, you can't disregard the value of Amal Sicha. You need it in order to reach the greatness of Torah. To attain the greatness of toiling in Torah, a person first has to go through the process of toiling in speech, ordinary speech, even if we don't call it davening, speaking in a way that is aligned with what David wants. Especially when we consider that if we're speaking in the way that the Torah expects of us, that stimulates the speech that the Ibishta does, as the Ibishta that stimulates the Ibishta, so to speak, speaking out the ten utterances that make all of existence. As Altreb explains in Tanya, and we know this, as that consistently at every single moment, the words, the letters of the words of the Ibishta's creative statements, live inside the world, stimulate the world, make the world exist, give life to the world. That's mili de'alma, words of the world, literal translation, in this case meaning much more than the literal, the words that empower our world. The ten utterances that create the world and are invested in the world and they are called so-called mundane or ordinary words because for the Abish to creating the world is of course a very, very limited expression of godliness. 
Okay, let's try and translate that to something we could relate to and how we develop and grow spiritually. In Avoida Oisius Hastus, in the words of Avoida, how we serve the Shem, how we serve Hashem, it means as follows. What Rabbi Yossi is experiencing, thinking about, contemplating the issues of this world, which we are now linking to the expression, is it's thinking about how to renovate, how to elevate, how to refine our world. Thinking about making the world holy. So, that means... The person is focused on how do I direct all of my activities towards a goal that services Hashem. Or beyond that, how is everything that I do a knowledge and acknowledgement of Hashem? How do I translate the things of this world into holy things? And when we do that, when we refine the world, when we transform the world to become holy, we sustain the world. Because that stimulates the Ebishter reinvesting into our world through, so to speak, his words. So it's a very important thing, this Alma in Rabbi Yossi's case. It's literally empowering the world to exist and to be refined and transformed into holiness. Beautiful and powerful as it is, it does not match up to the greatness of when a person toils in learning Torah, especially those spiritual deep secrets of Torah, which is what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was doing. Because yes, it is true that when we work to refine the world, which we're now identifying as this Milide Alma, it is actually very powerful. It allows the universe to exist. It invests godliness into the universe. Especially when you consider the Kavonov, when you read this, Anashamele Mato, as Altarebbe tells us in Tanya, the reason for which our Neshamas entered this world is not because the Neshama needed any improvements, but rather to refine and modify and, and improve the human body, the animal soul, and the world in which we live. It's only when we work with the refining of the world that we achieve the purpose for which the world was created, which, as the Medrash famously tells us, that the wanted and had this deep desire to be at home in the lowest of all worlds. And how does that happen? Through our avoider, through our amal sicha, through our mila da'alma, translating the world into a place of holiness. And yet, is amal amal sicha. When a person is invested and toiling in Torah learning, that is far beyond the investing in transforming our world. Because when I refine the world, I draw into this world godliness that is suited to the world. When I'm engaged in Torah learning, I draw into this world godliness that is beyond the world. And therefore, Rabbi Yossi's name takes a knock, his spirituality, in a sense, takes a knock when he is involved in channeling godliness into the world. Because prior to that, he was engaged in toiling in Torah, which accesses a far higher dimension of Elikus, and now he's downgraded to accessing the the level of Elikus, which relates to existence, so something has dropped, demoted in his name. The only thing is that the story still doesn't seem to make sense. So when you analyze it more deeply, something doesn't make sense. Rabbi Shimba is telling 
is telling uh, Rabbi Yossi that there's now a letter missing from you, from your avoider, from your name. The way in which the Tanoim and Amiroim conducted themselves always aligned with the source, the root of their Neshamas. Why is it that Rabbi Yossi, out of all the people sitting in that very spiritual environment, he is the one thinking about this world? So the Rebbeic explains that's because Rabbi Yossi manifests Malchus, which is the part of Godliness that relates to and cares for and and uh, invigorates the the universe. Malchus is the source from which the higher spiritual worlds, which are created realities, Bria and Yetzirah, and the lower spiritual and physical reality, which is called Asiya, they all are channeled energy through Malchus, being Malchus of Atzilus. What makes the, the, that universe, that multiverse exist? The ten utterances, which are words, which come from Malchus. Malchus is the capacity for speech. Because Rabbi Yoisi is plugged into Malchus Tatsilus, what is, is his primary means of service of the Abishta in this world? Empowering the world, transforming the world. That's what he's meant to be doing. If that is his core avoider, that's why his neshama is in this world, is in order to refine and transform the world. Yes, objectively, toiling in Torah is far superior to transforming the world. Valtera is hacher funvelt, and the reason for that is because Torah is fundamentally beyond the scope of this world. But we came and talk about how can we say, as Siridembas Rabbi Yosi Hamaharibat Miladalma, Rabbi Yosi who's doing Yishlichas, considering how to refine the world. So Vernach Hasaron in Zayin Nomen, his name, which is supposed to represent Vos Tashem Adam is Mechaven Subichnes and Mechuvim Subichnes and Nishmosay. The person's name is aligned with what the Neshama is all about. His name should be missing a letter. That doesn't make sense. Here Rabbi Yossi is acting in accordance with the shlichus of his soul. Of a male to sign shame, which is represented by his name. How is his name missing a letter from him doing what he's meant to? The very famous word of He had no fear that one day when after 120 years they're going to say, why were you not like the other great Sadiqim? But they'll ask him, why were you not Zusha? So Rabbi Yossi shouldn't have to concern himself with whether or not this suits Rabbi Shimon Bar which is that you never stop Amal Torah. This is his avoida. So why is he missing a letter from his name? Beyond that, So now we're saying what? If he's not at the level where he's experienced somebody else's he's going to lose a letter to his name. If he knows that, it will upset him. How can we expect Rabbi Yossi to fulfill his shlichus with the appropriate simcha and dedication and passion if he knows that he's losing a letter out of his name because he's not doing somebody else's avoid? 
And also, we also have to understand such an incredible tzaddik. How come he doesn't detect that something's lacking in his world because he's not engaged right then in Amal Torah? And Rabbi Shimba Yichai has to point it out to him. And how come it is that when he reconnects this missing part of his, of his name, by his investment with passion and enthusiasm in Torah learning, and he becomes whole again, how come he doesn't know that himself? Rabbi Shimba Yichai has to tell him, now you're okay. The answer is when we understand Rabbi Shimon by Yochai Zavoida versus Rabbi Yoisi Zavoida, we understand the story. Rabbi Yoisi mitzad atzmoi. If you're looking at Rabbi Yoisi through Rabbi Yoisi's reality, In other words, if you're analyzing Rabbi Yoisi's responsibility to serve the Eibushter in, in, in keeping with his neshama, what it's all about. He's doing nothing wrong. He doesn't feel that he's doing anything wrong because there is nothing wrong with his focus at that point on refining the world because that's his avoider. At that moment, Rabbi Yoisi is A-OK. He's doing exactly what the Ebishter wants. He is aligned. His name is complete. So what's missing in Rabbi Yoisi? What's missing in Rabbi Yoisi at that moment is not his personal avoider, it's Rabbi Yoisi as a member of Rabbi Shimon by Yochoi's society. He is with Rabbi Shimon by Yochoi. Rabbi Shimon by Yochai's avoider is complete dedication to Torah without distraction. If you're in Rabbi Shimon by Yochoi's circle, you're supposed to be at that level at that time. And the only person who could notice that it's lacking is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai because he is the source, the head of what this particular avoider in this particular circle is all about. And he's the only one who can identify when it's been repaired. Okay, let's understand that better. We can understand this better on a based on a principle that Altareba teaches in the laws of how you're supposed to learn Torah. He says, Every neshama, in order to complete itself, has to engage in all the four dimensions of Torah to the best of its capabilities. And no neshama can complete its purpose, its its being, until it's until it's done and experienced this. If a person is a little bit lazy and, and doesn't really get to comprehend the Torah fully, then the Nisham is going to have to return. And that Nisham will return multiple times until eventually the person gets to understand and comprehend everything that is within Torah that they should have learned. So there the Altareb is talking about a person who's lazy and doesn't learn as much as they should. What if a person is not learning as much as they should and it's not because of laziness? What happens if you have a person who's not learning that amount of Torah because the Torah excuses them from doing so? So not in Shulchan Aruch, but in Torah Aruch, the Altareb says the two possibilities of what's going to happen next. One is Aleph, dos gufe the fact that the person's lifestyle or intellectual abilities don't allow them to learn Torah to the greatest extent. 
That is an, an indication as I neshama is nitshayach tzemer that their neshama can't go beyond that. And therefore they don't have to worry about it. And that person reaches their personal perfection in terms of learning Torah with the volume of Torah that they are capable of learning. It might even be he's learning one little bit in the morning, one little bit in the evening. That's good enough for his neshama, one possibility. Then there's another possibility, base. Because the person is working to the best of their abilities to learn Torah. They will fill in the gaps. Whatever the person should have but didn't achieve through their Torah learning, they will fill it in. We could possibly suggest, and when the Rebbe says possibly, it's the Rebbe's innovation. The two possibilities of whether it's going to be considered, okay, that's as good as you could be, versus we're going to fill in your gaps, will be based on why the person is not learning more Torah. If the reason a person is not learning Torah is because the Torah permits a person to earn a salary and do other things that don't allow them to learn Torah full time, well, if that's the way that they wish to set up this person's life, that's an indication that they are not intended to become the great masters of Torah, not some maruv din tovin. They're supposed to be the people who master good deeds and don't have to learn that quantum of Torah. This is an Hashem that is not so designed or wired to be able to really understand Torah at that level. So to satisfy this Hashem, a little bit of Torah in the morning, a little bit of Torah in the afternoon is good enough. But if the reason a person is not learning so much Torah is because they are engaged with assisting other people, of course, in a manner that is permitted by Torah. They're involved in communal activities. As we've already mentioned, if the person is involved in communal activities, that is something that overrides Torah learning. Then, because the person is dedicated to helping the community or helping others, the Ebishter will fill in the gaps that they didn't manage to learn because they were so busy. Whatever the person couldn't reach of their own accord, the Ebishter will fill in there. One of the possible ways that this could happen is as So one possible way that this could happen is that the person finds they're able to learn Torah in a far quicker period than what should really be expected. Like the Yerushalmi tells us about the entire davening process took nine hours of the, of the day. So I'm asking, well, what about Torah? So the Gemara says, because they were Hasidim, their Torah learning had a unique brocha. They were able to chap ideas very quickly without having the delay of trying to work out and understand what's going on. And therefore they were able to cover much, much more volume of Torah in a much smaller uh, period of time. 
Then when a person is engaged with helping others, their own mind becomes a thousand times clearer, so they can literally, as the Rebbe points out elsewhere, learn something in a thousandth of the time that it takes for somebody else. Okay, so the two possibilities. Of course, the second possibility is one that's relevant to Rabbi Yossi. Let's plug it back into the story. Let's explain the story. Rabbi Shimbayuchoy looks at Rabbi Yossi and says, if something's missing, the letter Yud is not connected to his name in the way that it should be. So the Rebbe's father points out which letter is the one that was missing, Dafka the Yud, which links back to the Yud of the name Yudke Vavke. Which is the primary letter representing the godliness that manifests in Atsilus. Remembering that Rabbi Yossi is Malchus of Atzidus. And in our human development, this, re- this relates to the toiling in Torah learning of a Fratzaydas Atzidus, particularly in the Kabbalistic secrets of Torah. Which, as we have already mentioned, the engagement in Torah learning is way beyond the engagement in refining the world. So therefore, it links, Amal Torah links to the letter Yud, which is about Atzidus, whereas the um, engagement in the world that relates to the other letters of Davish's names, which uh, which which uh, speaks about the manifestation of godliness in the universe. So where is the yud? What is the yud? That is Rabbi Shimon being completely invested in Torah. Somebody who's a master of the secrets of Torah. So Rabbi Shimon who is looking from the lens of Atzilus itself, of Morei Torah sees this missing letter Yud, this lack of absolute dedication to Torah and Rabbi Yossi. He's given That means Rabbi Shimon by Yochoi is detecting that in this moment what is required is as Rabbi Yossi that Rabbi Yossi has to change channels from being somebody who is engaged with the refinement and elevation of the world and right now has to focus and invest completely in the toil of Torah. Is noticing that right now Rabbi Yossi has to be like a fully fledged a colleague of the Chavrai Kadisha of Rabbi, of Rabbi Shimon Bayuchoi. There's nothing else but Torah. And therefore he says to him, You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a change. Maybe we could say more than that. He must have detected that that was a time of special energy to be able to learn Torah. This is one of those opportunities where you learn in a very finite piece of time and the volume of, of knowledge or, or, or wisdom is exponential. And therefore, So Rabbi Shim Yochoi is not, he's not rebuking Rabbi Yossi, he's seeing an opportunity. This is where Rabbi Yossi has the chance to now fill in all the gaps of the Torah that he wasn't able to learn because of his involvement in communal affairs. And that Saitva says, give him a harbimile de alma. So when he was engaged with the refining of the world, he missed out on all this Torah. Here is the opportunity to catch up. And that's actually what happened. So Rabbi Yossi focused and he got completely invested in Torah learning. He filled in the gaps. He was whole. His name or his profile or his image was whole. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi had assisted him to be able to catch up 
on his so-called gaps from the past, where he had been so involved in, in Torah learning, uh, sorry, in, in communal activity, and now he was able to catch up. The Torah learning missed through that communal dedication.